0: welcome to the god-centered recovery podcast brought to you by Narrowgate ministries this podcast is dedicated to giving you a god-centered approach to recovery and to life follow along let's get started welcome back to the god-centered men's recovery podcast i am your host tim holloway and i am glad to be back at you again happy monday Um, i hope you enjoyed your weekend and uh, had a good time of relaxation i hope you take uh, the weekend and reward yourself in a positive fashion And that is not in any form of addiction that would, you know, overcome your life. But, uh, you know, you go throughout the week and you put in work and you accomplish things. And um, there needs to be a a time and a point where you begin to reward yourself. Um, Here's the reality of things that the behavior that gets rewarded gets repeated. And that is if you look at the positive things you're doing and begin to reward yourself, pat yourself on the back, uh, begin to pamper yourself a little bit, it's guaranteed that that behavior will continue. So if you're new here, this is a, a podcast uh, dedicated for Christian men inside of recovery to live an awesome, spirit-filled life. So if that is you, then welcome. If you haven't done so already, I encourage you to click on the link that's in the description, and that'll take you to information regarding our GCR groups. Um, if you're looking to be an encouragement and a support um to other men. I encourage you to do that. And if you need encouragement and support, I encourage you to click on that link, get plugged in and get connected with other men for encouragement and accountability. You will be uh, extremely glad that you did that. So today we're talking about fatherhood. And that is for us to begin to understand fatherhood, we need to look at um, our relationship with God. Now this word father uh, is a triggering word for some people. And I understand you know when you think of father um, you could uh, concoct a lot of images or can bring back a lot of emotions or or different feelings just depending upon um, your life experiences Uh, for example if your father was a no-show if he was a sperm donor if he deposited seed and took off then you're not going to have this real positive image of of the word father and so it's going to have a negative connotation, you know, inside of your mind. So I am aware of that, and I'm combating that first because what we got to understand is that um, God is our Father, and that Jesus thoroughly established in the Lord's Prayer uh, first and foremost, you know, um, our Father which art in heaven, and He thoroughly established that. Our connection and our relationship to to God is supposed to be like a father and a son. And we have entered into this relationship of being family, and that He has taken on the role as um, provider and protector and stuff like that. So, within God's creation, what He created, He created man with the freedom to fail, He created man with the ability to choose. And he, in the ultimate sense, let his children at the beginning of time experience the consequences of their choice. So here's the reality of things, that during the fall of man, God could have stepped in. God could have stopped this situation from happening. He could have sent all the legions of heaven um, there in the garden and stopped man um, from falling away from his grace. But he didn't. And the reason why he didn't is because in his heart, he wanted to create man with the freedom to fail and the ability to choose. You see, the only way true love can be established and connection in relationship is with the freedom to fail. And that is that in this relationship, I have the freedom to walk away if I so choose. Now, I want you to think about this inside of a relationship. If you entered into a relationship and the woman said, you can never leave me, you are trapped. In fact, if you even think about leaving me, I will kill you and you will be dead. Now, there's going to be a lot of things wrong with that relationship. The first one is it's going to be based upon fear, rules, law, intimidation. And it's not going to foster the love that you want. And so when God created man, he created with the ability to fail. And if he said, you know what? Um, I want robots. I want someone to do my will in a perfect fashion, 100%, all the time without deviation. Then he would have never created man with the freedom to fail and the ability to choose. And there never been real relationship and real community because that kind of community, community and relationship cannot take place without the ability to fail without the ability to choose. I want us to thoroughly grasp this because sometimes, you know, we want to rescue our children from uh, the consequences. We, we, we don't want to give them the choice and we want to make the choice from them. And what we're doing is we're stepping on the bounds that even God himself wouldn't do. Now, God himself wouldn't even um, come with his angels and protect Adam and Eve from making the choice. He didn't take away their free will during this time, and he definitely didn't take away the experience of the pain and the consequences of that choice. And so he let them experience that whole reality. And the reality is, is that we need to do the same. So thinking about fatherhood for a moment, and that is, do we give our children the freedom to fail? And that is, do we give them enough room to make choices? You see, a lot of parents, a lot of fathers want to make choices for their children, want to make decisions for them. And we do this, you know, with the best of intentions sometimes because we're, um, we have more wisdom, we have more knowledge and life experience, and we can kind of foresee uh, some of the negative things that are going to come into the, uh, um, to your child's life and stuff like that. So we do it from the best of intentions. But the reality is, is when we overstep the boundaries and begin to make choices, we take away uh, their freedom. And then guess what begins to happen? If things don't go right, then it's all your fault because you're the one who took responsibility and overrode your child's decisions. And so with this healthy father relationship comes the freedom to fail, the ability to choose, and let your child experience consequences. You see, sometimes consequences is the best learner. I mean, we would love for our children to to listen and to heed everything that we say and to, you know, walk in wisdom and, you know, have this great life and stuff. But the reality is, is that there are some things that are going to have to be learned by consequences. And God is the same way. And if we look at our lives, we'll see that there are some things that we had to learn by consequences, And that is that, you know, our parents tell us the stove is hot. Uh, Some of us don't grasp what hot is. Uh, When I was young, I I pulled the um, boiling water. Um, I believe my mom was cooking some eggs. And I grabbed the pot and I pulled it on me. And I got uh, burns all over my chest and had to go to the hospital. Now, I'm pretty sure somewhere along the way, I was told that the stove was hot. Uh, But there was a time and a moment where I had to figure this out for myself. And what we do as men and as fathers sometimes is we're trying to protect our kids from everything. And if we're to do that, then they have to live in this little bubble. We might as well just put them in a padded room because the reality is, is that we cannot protect them from everything. And so our stance should be to guide with wisdom and give our children the freedom to fail and the ability to choose. And then, of course, that with it leads to the ability to learn from the situations that they find themselves in. Here's the reality of our relationship is that we become like the God that we believe in. And that is if we thoroughly grasp the the nature of god and that he established that he wants man to have free will so that man can begin to respond and actually have a real relationship with him and actually foster real love and trust you see there's no love and trust from a computer and that is he could have created robots with the with the ability not to deviate And that he could have had a 100% obedience at all times because that's what was imputed in the program system, if that's what he wanted, right? And so he didn't do that. And this leads us to believe this ultimate question, and that is that God is not authoritarian because if he wanted strict obedience, then he would have created man with the ability not to deviate. And so the first idea of a authoritarian relationship is that they, they're enforcing strict obedience and that obedience is the only thing that matters. And this is severely important because, like I said, the, the foundational truth is we become like the God we believe in. And therefore, we take on these authoritarian roles as a father and we take on authoritarian relationships where we come and our desire is to enforce strict obedience. And we do this a lot of times because that's the way we see God. Our relationship with God is merely nothing but obedience and that um, our opinion, our concerns don't matter. We, we view God as very domineering and very um, dictatorial. And that he's up there like a dictator and uh, mandating rules and, and requiring obedience. And like I said, if the authoritarian God were true and his only care was strict obedience, then he would have never made man with a free will. And so this very idea itself says, you know, God is not authoritarian. But here, you know, we step into fatherhood. And we step into this role of what we've uh, what our parents were, what our father was, what we believe God to be. and we take on this this identity of authoritarian of a dictator and um, um, require and enforce strict obedience. I've seen fathers where their kids were in fear, right that they wouldn't even step out of line, say anything. In public, there there was not even a peep and the reason why this takes place is because if they stepped the out of line they'd be severely beaten and so conformity following in line and this domineering thing you know you look on the outside and say wow these kids are well behaved yeah they're well behaved for a reason because they're in, they're in great fear and that their father has communicated that strict obedience is the only thing that really matters. And so on the outside, looking in, it looks nice, And but you don't know what's going on behind the scenes to accomplish this. And so you ask me, how do I know this? Because that was me. You see, I had uh, different father role models. I had an authoritarian uh, stepfather in my life that the only thing that mattered was what he wanted. And he was domineering. And the only thing that mattered was strict obedience. And he enforced it by his boot. And that is you would get a boot right up your ass if you didn't listen to uh, everything that he said. And so this authoritarian idea says that uh, punishment is the only modality that is going to work, and I remember my daughter being young, and you know, three and four, and really challenging authority. And one of the things that I struggled deeply with was um, challenging my fatherhood in public. Um, any sort of outburst or anything in public, I, it would trigger in me this authoritarian mindset. And she would get whooped and beaten severely, okay? And what, what I was trying to accomplish was this, is that I was trying to accomplish uh, conformity with severe pain. And that is, if you, if you violate the rules, you embarrass me in public, you're going to be punished severely. In fact, during that time in my life, punishment was the answer to everything, and I wasn't really concerned why um, the embarrassment was happening in public or, or what uh, um, she was uh, finicky about. The only thing that I cared about was that you do not embarrass me in public because that is a reflection upon me. And so we, we step out of line and we step into this idea of severe control. And it's a philosophy that says, you know, if there's anything wrong with my child, then I can beat it out of them. It doesn't matter how much you beat them as long as you, as long as you get the results that you are looking for. Under this mindset, all that matters is conformity. But we, we think that, that God operates in this fashion also. And that is He only uses punishment. Uh, We step out of line and we need correction. And so instead of um, compassion, instead of instruction, instead of wisdom, uh, instead of compassion and stuff like that, we think that God's only method and modality is punishment. So when we violate the rules that he is going to punish us severely, and that is he's going to cause some poverty to come into our life, that he is going to cause us to lose money, that he's gonna cause people to die or he's gonna cause some sickness to come upon him. And we think that his answer to everything is punishment and that he has no ability or, or no compassion to see what we are going through. And so, you know, when we're operating in this authoritarian mindset, um, it's easy to spot because our, our verbiage kind of gives us away. And that is, we, we, we say, because I said so verbiage, right? Yeah, I know you've heard this and you probably used it yourself, but you you give a, a mandate, you give an order, you give an instruction uh, with no explanation and you say, because I said so. And what, what we're saying is, is that uh, I really don't care what you want, think or feel. Um, and I don't even need to give you an explanation. It's just because I said so. And. You know, there are times for that, um, especially when they're young. Um, But as children grow, they're going to need an explanation. They're going to need to understand your mode of thinking, because if you want them to adopt your belief systems and your mindsets, then you're going to have to explain why you think a certain way. The consequences that could come and the reasons why this, that, and the other thing. And so giving an explanation uh, is is super important as the child grows up. Um, you know, there's other words that give us away, and that's this is the way it's going to be. Uh you're you're going to obey me. I don't, I don't really care if you love me. The only thing that I care about is that you respect me. I don't care uh, what you say or what you think or what you feel. You're going to obey what you say um, because this is my house and I'm the boss in um, all of these things. And what, what we don't understand is that we, we are setting our child up to rebel, but we're setting them up to really take on the same mindset as us. And that is to, to be a dictator, to be domineering, to be controlling, and to really only think about rules and regulations. You know, this is the kind of father that dictates where their kids go to college, right? They kind of set up the future for them. And, you know, their, their daddy went to college there, they went to college there, and you're going to college there. Uh, same thing happens with the military. You know, my my grandfather was in the military, my dad, and, and then you're going to be in the military. And it's this idea uh, of dictatorship that dictates what, what, what your kids do. Uh, they dictate what kind of relationships they have, right? Some uh, parents are so up in their kids' business and in their lives that um, they dictate who and when, and where, and what, and all this stuff, and who they'll marry, and that is craziness. Craziness it dictates what kind of job. Now you're going to you're going to have this job. And this is what's expected of you. And this idea uh, of dictatorship is very domineering. But we we think that God operates in the same fashion. And we're like, God, what is your will for my life? Should I go to this college? Should I um should I have a relationship with this person? Um, should I get this job? And all these things. Like God is some um, domineering dictator up in the sky saying, you know what? Yes, this college. Yes, this relationship. Yes, this job. And we look to him in this dictator fashion instead of looking to, you know, fill our hearts and then to inspire us and to sway us into a certain direction, which is a crazy relationship to have. But Jesus said this, he said, you know, the rulers and the Gentiles lord it over them and those who are great exercise authority over them yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him become your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. And so this very mindset of Jesus destroys any authoritarian sort of mindset. And that is thats that is that to become a father that serves, to become a father that serves. For me to be able to do that, I must see the strengths of my child, see their desires, see where they wanna go and begin to foster and encourage that. Not have them conform to what I want but to be a servant and to help them go in the direction that they want to go. Now, are they going to be right uh, 100% of the time? Absolutely not. Is it going to work out? No, but we can't shield them from the lessons that they need to experience. The next father type is the permissive. So we talked about the authoritarian. The next one is the permissive. And we, we take this identity upon God. So I had a permissive father, too. So my, my stepfather was very authoritarian. My, my natural father was very permissive. And his father was, was an authoritarian. And he decided to rebel and reject and go to the extreme opposite of his father. And we take this identity upon God that he's a permissive father. And that is that you know somehow sin don't matter that, uh, God is love and, and everything's peachy and God never gets angry, uh, that God is a God, of, of uh, uh, compassion all the time and that he, he lacks fairness and he's kind of wishy-washy. He has this, uh, lackadaisical attitude. Uh, he kind of reminds me of a hippie, right? Uh, that's what, uh, uh my father reminded me of that, you know, uh, rejection of the authoritarian model and uh, going through the hippie movement and the free love and all that stuff. And uh, God is much like a hippie. Now, when you've had a strong dictator in your life, you have a tendency to either become like that dictator or to go into the extreme opposite and say, you know what? I'm never, never going to be like my father that all he, all he wanted was obedience. He didn't care what I want, what I thought, what I felt. And uh, he wasn't encouraging and supportive in any manner. So I'm going to flip on the flip side and that I am going to be a friend. I'm going to love my kids and I am going to be a friend. And what we do is we go to the extreme. Now all of a sudden, because we had so much boundaries, from the dictator. We, we, we step into the father role where we don't have any boundaries at all. And now there's no lines drawn in the sand. There's this, there's this lackadaisical attitude. There's a free for all. And what begins to happen is enabling. That is, we begin to enable the behavior of our children because of our lack of boundaries. And that is we come to the idea that um, that we're trying to be their best friend. Uh, we're trying to be the cool one and hang out and say, oh yeah, my parents are so cool and this, that, and the other thing. You know, one thing with my father is that he didn't want to be seen as a hypocrite and that his, he had a lot of problems in his life, a lot of addictions, a lot of struggles, and that he couldn't, uh, from, a, from a moral standing, be able to... Um, say, don't do this and don't do that when he does them himself. And so that is the state of a lot of uh, fathers, right? That we have a lot of issues, we have a lot of problems, and we can't stand uh, with any sort of boundaries or any sort of authority because we would be a hypocrite because we're not uh, um, practicing it themselves. So this is the kind of parent that a father that engages in activities that they shouldn't. Uh, you cover up bad behavior and they blame society for their children's behavior. Uh, you know, the kids are having a lot of trouble at school and it's the school's fault. And you come through for your child and you make excuses. And, uh, you smoke with them, you drink with them. Uh, you, you know, you you do other things that are just totally inappropriate. And you become more like a friend. Um, the Bible says this, if God doesn't discipline you, as he does all his children, it means that you are illegitimate. In the old school translation, it said that you are bastards. And so what we gotta understand is is that that this modality of extreme permissiveness is not from God either. We always think in either or fashions. And that is, you know, if God's not a dictator, then that means he's the opposite. And that he's somehow this permissive God that, you know, anything, uh, anything goes, there's no boundaries. Um, You know, oh, this is a, this is the cool God. This is the hip God, you know, the hip God with, you know, with all the lights and the flashy music and the rock and roll and, and that cussing church. And yeah, this is hip and this is cool. And, you know, all these things. And so we go from one extreme to the other. So if God does not discipline you, like he does all his children, means that you are illegitimate and that you are a bastard. And so this lackadaisical idea of God is not going to get us where we want to go either. And remember, you become like the God you believe in. And so you, you're wondering why that you're, you're there's no boundaries. You wonder why you're trying to be the best friend, trying to be the cool parent, that the, that the boundaries are not set. It's because that is the view in the idea of God. And so, what needs to happen first is that identity uh, idea needs to shift and to begin to see God as He really is. And so, we can begin to pattern follow after His example. The next um, fatherhood modality is the uninvolved. Now, this is the, the style of father that says, you know what? I'm too busy. Uh, I don't really care. I got other things to do. Uh, we can't do that. I have to go to work. Um, I have to do this, that, and the other thing. Um, even though I haven't seen you know my child <laughs> in weeks, um, um, that uh, they need some me time, and I've been working all week, and I just need to relax, and this, that, and the other thing. And so... The uninvolved father um, comes from the same mindset with God also, that he's somehow uninvolved, that he's got a galaxy to to manage, he's got better things to do, uh, that he's really too busy to be concerned with uh our daily affairs and all of these things, but uh, one thing that we don't understand is that he said the very hairs in our head are all numbered, and uh, that he his attention, detail, and, his, and and his ability to to get involved and to care is really really high. And so this story uh, or this kind of uh, um, fatherhood reminds me of the story of Martha and Mary. Now, um, Martha had a sister called Mary who sat at the feet of Jesus and listened to his teachings, right? But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, you don't even care that my sister has left me to serve alone. And uh, he told, uh, tell her to help me, she says. But Jesus answers to uh, Martha, you you are really troubled and anxious about many things, uh, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. And so in this uh, uh, sample and example, we see uh, Mary was concerned about a relationship, uh, connection, and, and, and connecting with Jesus. But Martha was an- anxious and troubled and with a lot of work, and she was too busy. And so a lot of times we can begin to operate in that inside of our, our, our Father inside of being a father, and that is we're anxious, we're troubled, we have too much on our plate, and that we're unconcerned with the affairs that are taking place inside of our children's lives. So the question comes, what, what can we be then? So we have all these different um, father styles that have their problems and limitations, uh, the authoritarian who just uses punishment, who wants obedience. This is do as I say, uh, shut up, fall in line. And then we have the um, the permissive that says, you know what? Uh, uh, there's no boundaries. I just want to be your f- best friend. Everything's cool. Um, the kind of God where you know sin doesn't matter, and never gets angry, never frustrated. They lack firmness and is wishy washy, and then get the uninvolved un- right. That is, I'm too busy, I don't really care. And and we look at all these and we see the flaws in every single one of them. So what do we do? And that is the solution that I give you is to stand in your authority. Now, everything in the Gospels uh, comes to this conclusion. Are you going to take your responsibility and stand in your authority? Now, that doesn't mean to be authoritarian, but it does mean to be authoritative, and that you can be the kind of father that has standards. You can be the kind of father that has boundaries and limits. You can uh, begin to encourage and foster support of, of certain rules without resorting to punishment all the time. You can have limits and, and, and set a supportive, encouraging, assertive manner. Because the authoritative is still a father who offers discipline. And that is that a a fair discipline style that doesn't resort to pain and punishment all the time. You see, one of the main characteristics of, of this kind of fatherhood is begin to listen to what your child is going through to begin to understand, begin to be supportive and encouraged. So, what does the Bible say? The Bible says what? To train. Train your child in the way they should go. And when they were old, they will not depart from it. You see, this implies taking a first step in the process in a series that is to continue. And that is, help your child take the steps necessary that they will follow a path and those kind of behaviors will continue. And that is, that we are going to be the kind of father that trains. Now, sometimes during the process, train might include some consequences. And being authoritative, you can step up and issue those consequences with authority and not with this um, dictator attitude. Uh, Number two is you set the pattern. That is, uh, in 2 Corinthians 3.2 says, you know what? You are our epistles written on the hearts of men, known and read by everybody. And that is taking on the responsibility to set the pattern. That is your lifestyle, your conduct, your standards, your way of life uh, communicates something to be followed. And see, a lot of times we, we are engaging in behavior that, um, that we don't want our children to follow, right? Uh, pornography, perversions, addictions, and all of these things. And, and we, we definitely don't want our children to follow them. But to be able to speak from authority, to be authoritative, you're going to have to walk the path yourself. And that's part of what gives you the authority, is that you can speak from the place of authority because you know because you are setting the example and you are walking the path. Number three is to be a provider. Uh, Paul told Timothy that uh, if a man does not provide for his own, especially those of his own house, he has denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. And so number three is, I'm going to be the kind of father that provides And that is that I'm going to look and see the need, and I'm going to be the provider. I'm going to supply what is needed in any given situation. And for for men to be able to rise to do this, we are going to have to take our heads out of our hind end, right? We're going to have to be able to pay attention and know and understand what is going on, that we can see the need and be the provider. You see, a lot of behavior that comes from our children is just the identification of a need, that they're acting out in a certain way and they have uh, certain issues that they're facing is because there are certain needs. Now, instead of beating them or, or offering severe punishment, we should come to, the recon- uh, to recognize what need they are communicating, because here's the reality, that people communicate um, by their mouth, but they also communicate by their behavior. And so when a a certain behavior is displayed, we can know and understand that that is a communication of a need and find out what that need is and begin to be the provider of that need. It could be direction. It could be wisdom. It could be in the form of discipline and structure and all of these things, which goes to number four, which is to provide discipline and structure. Uh, the Bible says in Proverbs thirteen twenty four, he that spares the rod hates his son, but he that loves him chastises him. And this is the idea of discipline. And it comes in the form of correction. You see, you could be authoritative and still offer correction. And that is you can bring somebody into the conformity of a standard by correction. And that is you recognize that your child is going off course and is going off the path, and you provide the the assertiveness to begin to communicate, to begin to confront the situation, and bring them back on the path. Here's the reality about children. They are always challenging boundaries. They're always stepping off the path. They're always seeing how far they can go. And the best thing that we can do is rise in our authority and begin to provide those boundary lines and, and provide that structure. So when they go off the path, they get course corrected and they come back on. And it takes a, 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 a authoritative father to begin to do this. You see, the the uh, authoritarian father will overcorrect. And that will cause a lot of anger and a lot of frustration. The permissive will not even correct. And that there's going off a cliff and we just wave to him like, hi, everything's wonderful. Everything's good. We're buddies, right? You know, as they fly off the cliff and then the uh, <laughs> the uninvolved parent doesn't even know there's a cliff coming. They're so consumed with all of the things. So it takes this authoritative uh, father to begin to, to uh, raise the standard. The next thing is discipline, and that is self-control and conduct, that we teach and model that. Now, the first thing that we have to do is begin to do this inside of our own lives, that we are bringing ourselves into conformity with, uh, with the standards in, that we have, in, and that we are disciplined and self-control in our own conduct, and then we're able to provide that uh, wisdom to other people. And lastly, it, the Bible says, provoke not your children. To wrath, provoke not your children to wrath, and that comes from this word, exacerbate, and that is to cause to be extremely irritated, and annoyed, but even more so, more like a picking, a picking at a person, and that is, you know, agitation and 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 intentionally agonizing. I had a stepfather that used to do that; that uh, he would constantly pick. And, and, and his only motivation was to entice uh, anger out of us and to get us to blow up, right? And so that is what it's talking about. Don't exacerbate, don't enrage, don't intentionally antagonize and, and, and create this hostile situation and that they grow up and they hate your guts. You see, one of the greatest testimonies we can have as a father is that when our kids move out, they still want to come visit and here's the reality. If they don't want to come visit, if they, the, the relationship isn't maintained in some way or fashion, then there has been a great exacerbation taking place. And there's a lot of anger and resentment that needs to be dealt with. Okay. And we don't want to 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 do that for our children. <sighs> This is a lot of stuff, so I'm going to continue uh, tomorrow. I hope you enjoyed this episode so far. Peace.